Thank you for joining us on Merit Matters, a virtual series highlighting current events, industry experts, and local community engagement. I am your host, Tammy Berkland, Principal of Merit Construction. Today, I have some very special guests with me, Kelly and Nate from the Rachel Lynn Henley Foundation. We first met Kelly through our Build What Matters campaign, and she was the lucky recipient of a weekend getaway giveaway that we did. And we recently had the privilege of building a project with the Rachel Lynn Henley Foundation for a very deserving little girl. Today I'm here with Kelly and Nate from the Rachel Lynn Henley Foundation and I'm so excited to speak with them and um, introduce our community to a really great um, foundation that's making a difference in our community and especially in the lives of young people. So I'll let you guys explain a little bit more about the foundation, if you would. Sure, I would be happy to. So uh, thanks again for having us. We're very excited to be here and have a, another platform to help get word out about us a little bit here in the in the local Tacoma community. So um, like you mentioned, we're the Rachel Lynn Henley Foundation. I'm Nathan Henley. Rachel was my sister and uh, Kelly Laura Sella um, is Rachel's cousin. So we are both on the board of directors for the foundation. Uh, I serve as the vice president. Kelly serves as our amazing secretary. And we have been um, running strong since 2015 and have continued to grow and we work really closely with um, the local pediatric cancer patients and their families, um, primarily at Mary Bridge um, Children's Hospital. We have a really strong connection with a lot of the child life specialists and social workers there. They really help guide us to find ways that we can be creative in, in helping them in, in ways that might not be as main, you know, as something that, you know, happens all the time. Um, we try to get real innovative and try to do things that are a little bit new and fun and uh, we partner with a lot of their events and we have some programs that we run through Mary Bridge. So um, we've continued to grow that partnership and ultimately grow as, as big as we can. This is all Rachel's dream. Um, Rachel passed away in 2015 after a seven and a half year battle with synovial sarcoma, which is a soft tissue cancer. Um, she was diagnosed when she was 15, passed away when she was 22, and in that time developed this idea for a nonprofit. We had done the um, Relay for Life thing ever, you know, growing up, we, right, we always right. did it as a family, you know, when we were really young. And then when she was diagnosed, we were able to start her team, the Team Henley, which was year in, year out, one of the really strong contributors um, in the youth category at the Tacoma Relay. And in doing that year after year, she decided that she wanted to do something a little bit more unique and having gone through the experience herself, realized that there were some areas of child cancer as well as um, young adult uh, cancer treatment and diagnosis and just the way that the whole process went that could use a little bit of a boost in a handful of different ways. So. April of 2015 um, at our family get together that we do every year up at Fort Warden in Port Townsend, Washington. We've done this every year for his, for my entire life. Mm, I love Washington. Uh, yeah, great, great town. We, yeah, we love it. It's one of our favorite places to go every year. And the last 
day of the trip on that Sunday, we always gather on the beach down there and eat all the leftovers and just kind of hang out for one last time and people kind of go their separate ways back home. Rachel brought us all together on that Sunday and said that she had something she wanted to share with everybody and she had her notepad and she basically laid out step by step um, the types of things that she wanted to do with the nonprofit organization that she wanted to start. And so this was entirely her thing. She had spent a long time. This was her kind of spurring it on on the rest of the family. I being her brother had a little bit of insight into that this was coming, but everybody else was really, you know, surprised that and, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere for for some of us. And so she told us about that in April. She then passed away in the beginning of June of, of 2015. And that was really a big time bonding experience for our whole family. There was every every member of the family was packed into the hospital room when she passed away. And, you know, it was really, it was very tough, but it was also very graceful in that, you know, we all got to spend kind of that last moment together and, and love each other and, and know that she's going to a, a peaceful place. And also knowing that she has left us with this incredible gift of, of serving her memory in a way that can impact countless other people. So she passed away on June 2nd. And then in August of that year, we were fully incorporated as a 501c3 with the state of Washington. So we were able to wow, that's, get, that's, it, get it right going. <laughs> was able to happen so fast was because she, she told us all the types of things that she wanted to do. She gave us a good list of other organizations that she wanted to support, but we also had amazing support from um, lawyers and attorneys and um, accountants to really, you know, help us get through all that that red tape as quickly as possible, so that we could just hit the ground running. So, uh, and we've been running ever since. That's so so great. One, I think it it's. It's really neat that she was able to relay all of those things. And it sounds like she knew it was, you know, getting close to um, the end. And she wanted to make sure that you guys all really understood what she wanted to do and what what she hoped her legacy would be. Um, and I personally always think people think that legacy is about what you did while you were alive. And I say that it is about what continues in your in your honor after you're gone as you know what what is still happening because of you because of your dream because of your vision so i love that that she laid that out for you guys and that you took it up like across like as serious as it could be that that you were going to live out her dreams for her and um bond together as a family and make that happen um you mentioned something about when you had kind of a bonding experience when uh, Rachel passed away. And when my dad passed away, it was very similar, my entire family, so much so what that I was like, I felt a little bit embarrassed and uncomfortable because we were in a hospital setting. And I felt bad for everyone around us because, you know, there was 25 of us in the hallway at all times. And we were, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes, sometimes people were throwing a football, you know, my dad was in there for nine days. And during that time, we were just all there all the time. Sure. But there's something about that, that after you've after it's over you all have that same joint memory that binds you together that nobody else can understand unless they've been through that time 
so I think that that is a really cool thing that she she helped bind you guys even um, you know in her leaving. I love that. I think that she sounds like an amazing young lady to be 22 years old and so clear on what she wanted to do and how she wanted to impact the world. You can only imagine what she would have accomplished had she been given an entire lifetime. But but how great that she she did so much with her short amount of time. Um, Kelly, uh, you and I met through our Build What Matter campaigns. Um, and I think it was a weekend giveaway getaway is what we were doing. And um, you and your husband were the recipients of that. And um, it, somehow during that time frame, I learned about the organization and I just kind of off the cuff, I was like, well, you know, if there's any ever anything we can do for you, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and lo and behold, we found something that we could do, you know, to be helpful. And I, I honestly hope that we have so many more opportunities to work together. I mean, I can't see how it couldn't be something that could work out, you know, because we have all these guys with all these different talents. And if we don't know how to do it, I feel like somebody else within our subcontractor base will know. Um, but would you share a little bit more with the audience, Kelly, about um, the specific project that we worked together on and um, the little girl that was able to receive one of Rachel's hugs? Yeah, so um, that recipient, her name is Yasmin, and I believe she's 15, and we got, this was probably our most unusual hug <laughs> that we've ever received, um, that she has, among many other pets, 15 rats that um, are, we're currently residing in cages in her family garage. And they were hoping to, I think, eventually transition into, she's legally blind and needed some more space to be able to get around. And they wanted to transform the garage into her bedroom um, to be a little more accommodating for her. And so ultimately wanted to move those rats to another space. And so they requested a shed to be put into their yard that um, the rats could move into and then Yasmin could go out and spend time with them. Um, so when we received that request, we, we have a pretty limited budget. We run about $1,000 on average for the patients and try not to exceed that. Um, and when we received it, knowing the costs for sheds and lumber right now is pretty um, insane. And so we were not even sure that we would be able to to say okay to that. And um, fortunately we met you uh, just right at that right time when we're going, oh no, what do we do? And I'm reaching out to contractors and trying to find out and I'm getting quotes that are about five times as much of what we can afford. And so, yeah, um, she ended up getting it. We met up with um, a couple of your guys out there and um, they put that shed together. It was amazing. And um, she is beyond thrilled now to be <laughs> Bring her rats out there. She knows every, even though she can't see, she knows apparently, but uh, she, she knows which rat is which, which, and they all have names. And yeah, she's, it's pretty amazing. So <laughs> pets can be so important to healing. Oh. I mean, they, they do so much. I mean, personally, I'm with you. I'm like, I don't know about a rat. I, you know, <laughs> but I, my daughter has a sweet friend growing up and she was into rats. And it's like, okay, if, they, if that's your thing, that's great. Yeah. Um, the important thing, I think, you know, first of all, I feel like people are put in your path for a reason. Yeah. And um, 
So there was no question to me that, you know, it's all divine. And so I love that. I love that, um, that you guys had this opportunity right away um, for us to like continue the relationship before too much time went by. And then I, I want to highlight the fact that these guys of mine uh, at Merit, they're of big, generous hearts and love to do things for the community. And they did this on their own time. This was not something I offered, in fact, to pay them. I said, you know, since it, I, and the reason I got Jim Walters involved is because it was close by his house. So I was like, you can go home a little bit early and I'll pay you in the afternoons or whatever. And um, nope, he said, I want to do it on my own. I want to pay for, you know, I, I want to um, take care of all the labor. And it turned out to be a little bit more than he was expecting. So he got yeah. some, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I think that's great. It, it offered other people an opportunity to to pitch in. And I, I think I may have said that to you already, Kelly, but I believe that that's what people are looking for um, is a way to help. They, they want to step up. They just don't know exactly how they can. Um, and you guys provide that, that opportunity. And I think every time you go out asking someone, you know, could you help us with this? For the most part, I think people are thrilled. They're like, yes, I'd love to do something. Just, you know, tell me how I can be helpful. The other thing that I'd love to hear about is what other um, parts of the program were important. Nate, you can share this one. Like um, when she was explaining to you all of the pieces and parts of what were important, what other things did you guys talk about besides the hugs program? Well, we actually didn't talk about the program with her. So she essentially laid out that she wanted to be unique and really focus on childhood cancer, but she also wanted to bridge the gap between the childhood experience and the young adult experience. Because so she was diagnosed at 15 while she was a sophomore in high school and, you know, being a 16 year old, you know, losing your hair and trying to, you know, go through all that, you know, the emotional aspects that go with that. But she's yeah, always yeah. been a, a, a warrior in that she was an athlete growing up she and actually the the moment where she got diagnosed and, and was aware that something was wrong she was at uh, she was running track at the time I believe and just kind of noticed some some stiffness and soreness in her shoulder that didn't quite seem right and so they went to the doctor to get it checked out and they you know got re referred to a different doctor and then you know a few steps later all of a sudden you're you know diagnosed with a, a rare soft tissue cancer and so that was that kind of hit hit the whole family pretty pretty hard obviously um, but we went right into combative mode and figuring out ways to do everything and she would have um, treatment in the morning so she and my mom would go up to Seattle and come back by 11 12 you know one o'clock to get back to school so that she could get a couple of classes in and then go to cheerleading practice so she still was able to do the things that she wanted to do despite the stuff that she was going through and so she battled with that original diagnosis for um for you know a year and and got the surgery to get the tumor removed and she actually hit three years of remission which is a pretty big milestone. And then while she was in college at UPS, or not UPS, sorry, that's where I went. She went to POU. <laughs> um, she um, 
had a relapse and she had some spots come back in her lungs and down by her liver so kind of right back into the battle and so it was at that time that she was able to kind of you know understand where she was going from being you know a late kid you know 15 16 we were able to get a wish from the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which was amazing. We went over to Germany to visit my brother who was stationed over there at the time with his wife and kids. And, you know, she was just able to see what it's like to be a kid with cancer. Well, now she's a young adult. She's over the age of 18. And at that point, they, you just kind of get lumped in with the other adults with cancer. So you're sharing rooms with 40, 60, you know, 70-year-olds sometimes. And she noticed that that you know you're you're a young adult you're still just essentially a really big kid at that point and adults have a different outlook than kids you know kids still have their whole life ahead of them and are in in my um, experience a little bit more forward thinking and, and more they they still dream big because they're young and they still have so much ahead of them and she just noticed that there wasn't a whole lot of a transitional period as far as the programs available and just kind of the the fun you know quote unquote fun stuff that you get as a kid with cancer those programs don't exist as soon as you hit 18. there aren't really the the athletes don't come to the hospital rooms and the celebrities don't want to hang out with you you're just a, another adult so that was something that she really wanted to to focus on was kind of help bridging the, that gap and not just focus on childhood cancer, but also have a have an extension towards that young adult, you know, 18 through, you know, up to 25, kind of depending on, on different situations. So she had a couple of different things in her mind that she wanted to support that existed already, like Headbands of Hope and some other just existing nonprofits that she just wanted to help support but she didn't really have the programs um, in her head. She just kind of had a, you know, had like the, our essentially our mission statement and our guiding principles came from her in that she still wanted to support research, but she didn't want to just throw money into the big, you know, research stack. Uh, I think a lot of that stemmed from her being a rare soft tissue cancer. She felt with make, or not with Make-A-Wish, but with the Relay for Life, that when she would give money to, the American Cancer Society, that the money that she was giving wasn't necessarily helping the people that were in her situation because it's, you know, a giant pot where, you know, a smaller percentage might be going to the um, hard tumor cancers. Mm -hmm. So she wanted, when, when we raise money for research, she wanted you to be able to know where that money was going specifically and not just going into the cancer research fund you know that could be a lot of different things she wanted to she didn't necessarily yeah she didn't necessarily have specific things in mind but she wanted the research money to be tangible so that anybody could understand what their money was buying from a from a scientific standpoint yeah, um, i think people want want to know that they they want to yeah. feel like they're actually helping something that they they have a vision for or your family specifically you you guys want to be generous you want to do all of these things but you want to make sure that the that the money is actually going to the type of cancer that rachel had so that you know that you're you're working to stop that from happening to someone else exactly. and 
I, I totally agree. I think, you know, it, it could get lost. There's my gosh, so much of cancer happening everywhere. And so, and I think people like knowing that they like to know that their check is going to be specifically for that, that type of a fund mm -hmm. helps them feel like they're making an impact. Yeah. And so that's something that we've, we've taken, you know, it's really easy for us to make a lot of decisions because not only do we, are we related and we like each other, but we can always, if there's a question on whether or not we should do something, the question is, is this something Rachel would have wanted? And if the answer is yes, well, then we have our answer. So it it really makes it pretty easy for us having that direction that we we aren't kind of deciding things on our own. There's always that, you know, that ultimate guiding principle that she laid out for us on the beach on that day. Mm -hmm. So um, with the programs, those are those are things that we developed after working with um, some of the staff members at Mary Bridge. And that was another thing specifically that Rachel wanted to focus on. She had spent a lot of time at Seattle Children's, but she also spent a lot of time at Mary Bridge and noticed that there's a big difference in what's available at the big massive hospital that everybody knows about versus the slightly smaller local hospital. And Mary Bridge is still a very big hospital, but you know, if you were to put it next to Seattle Children's Seattle Children is is known kind of worldwide as a as a top facility. So that was another thing that she noted on that day was that she wanted to if we're going to do something that's based out of Tacoma, then we shouldn't skip past a hospital to go to a bigger one when there's one right here at home that we need to take care of and and develop some of the develop programs that make the experience while you're there a little bit better and some of the you know different experiences while you're there like they have a teen room at mary bridge that she had spent some time in but realized that could use a little bit of a of a refurbishing and, and add a little bit more light to it so with that in mind we went straight to mary bridge and and made ourselves available and and started to build the relationships with those staff members there and they were able to help point us in directions of things that they felt could add to to them as well as the the patients there so that was where kind of the idea for the hugs program stemmed from was knowing that make-a-wish is this amazing organization that does all these you know amazing things but sometimes all the kid needs is a is a new phone or a you know a, a trip to the great wolf lodge or you know something like that so with that in mind we were able to launch the hugs program and that has been the the biggest program that we do um in that it's it's ongoing we get new applications all the time and and it's really fun we get to create new partnerships like with you guys and really help tie the community together in that we have this thing that we could use some help with and so we reach out to organizations like you and and other local um, entities that can help us reduce our cost um, on our end so just so I can understand if um, does Mary Bridge share with you people that they think would be um, great candidates or do you guys have like how how do how does someone find you if they have a, a person in their life, um, a young person with cancer, um, how do they get in touch with the foundation? Go ahead, Kelly. So. Um, each new patient, when they get admitted into Marybridge, they get an application as part of their package. They get 
lots and lots of paperwork and that's one of them. Um, but it's through the social workers at Mary Bridge. So um, they not only would receive it if they're a new patient, but the social workers are always kind of on the lookout. So if a patient seeming like maybe they could use a little pick me up or something, then they might um, take a little bit extra time to pull that application out and um, talk to them about it and see if maybe there's something that they might like that might bring their spirits up a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's through the vetted through the social workers. They do okay. the work for us and, and get that application out there. And uh, a lot of times I think spend time sitting there with the kids and or young adults and talking about what it is that might make their lives a little more fun. So it's purely um, based, on, it's a life enhancement. So not financially based at all. Um, anyone there with an oncology diagnosis qualifies for it. Um, they're the reason that our hugs program is the most successful is because they're taking the time out of their days to sit there with those kids and um, find out what it is. And then they come to us and um, share that application with us. And a lot of times they even fill them out for the families because sometimes even that is too much for them. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Fill it out for them and, and share stories with us. And then we take it from there. That's, that's so awesome um, that you have built that connection and that that is part of the thing that Rachel wanted was to, to build up this hospital as opposed to, you know, someplace in Seattle or someplace bigger. Um, so, and this also meets the, it sounds like, cause you said young adults. So it sounds like it also that, that they bridge the gap a little bit better. They let, they have kids that are there that are young adults that are, you know, yeah. in that 18 to 22 range or something like that. I think mm -hmm. our oldest patient so far, our recipient's been maybe 23. It's okay. Out there, yeah. Um, any So anyone that gets, and his was a unique case. He was diagnosed with a cancer that was uh, really common in kids and not people of his age. Oh, okay. So therefore, it was being treated at Mary Bridge because that's where the special the specialists are at Mary Bridge. Um, so he ended up there. So yeah, it does help bridge the gap. We are able to give kids, they don't qualify for things like Make-A-Wish or a lot of the other programs. They kind of cut off at 18 and then yeah. kids are kind of left to figure it out. And so yeah, we've been able to provide anyone that's being treated at Mary Bridge, they qualify to get a hug. I, I really love that. I know it's it's similar in a lot of different programs, like the foster program is that way too. It's like they're 18, they no longer qualify to stay in, in a foster situation. And it's like, well, if I don't have anywhere else to be, how would you like me to handle that? Right. It's, it, it's not that they're not legally adults, but man, you know, uh, depending on what you're dealing with, like some kind of tragedy like this, uh, it's challenging to have yourself together enough to not need some help. And I love that you guys are, are doing that. Um, how can we support you in addition to like, you know, directly, because we love that, but how, how can we support you and how can others support you? Um, how do we reach you if we want to donate or if we want to volunteer or anything along those lines? Uh, yeah, we are on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Twitter as well. Um, just Rachel Lynn Henley Foundation is is I believe the handle um, Rachel Lynn Henley Foundation.org as well or just rlhf.org um, it's a little bit easier uh, <laughs> less, less letters to try to cram in um, so you can donate through the website um, I find that Facebook is a really easy way to just you know you like us and then we post really regularly um, throughout the weeks and months and we host a lot of events 
and that's a good way to kind of stay up on up you know up to date on on the upcoming things and you get to learn about some of the hugs recipients on there and um, get notified of, of events coming up. We do, you know, event pages for specific events. We actually have an event coming up on February 20th, um, our Sip and Hugs event, which is actually our um, event that we do. Normally, we would be doing it in person, so this year we'll be doing it as an online format, but you can purchase a ticket that will get you the link for that um, that program, that, you know, video presentation. And so normally we do this in um, in Tacoma down uh, at the Mountaineers Club. Um, we've hosted it there for several years, and it's a, a great place for us to just kind of do like a, a happy hour mingling event where we get some of our supporters together and just kind of celebrate all the things that we've done over the last year and what we have moving forward. And over time, this event has really grown to just be specific to the hugs program initially it was kind of our like state of the foundation um you know annual meeting type of thing where everyone can come in and just get to know all the different things we have done and what we have moving forward but as the hugs program has really blown up we've decided to just really focus on on that program specifically have a little bit of info about some of the other things but really highlight some stories about the kids and different types of things that we've done throughout the year um so, so, I, so it's, go it's going to be virtual this year is yeah. it like byob sip or how does yeah that so, well, <laughs> so um and actually it's a maybe an important thing to note is that um so there, there will be food, the food that would normally be available at this event, we will be selling through the, um, through the website and you can pick it up at the Lakewood Casamia location, which is actually where I work. So on that note, um, none of the board members of this foundation are paid. So we all have our own separate jobs and in, in ways of making our actual income. This is all something that from the beginning, we have done essentially as a as a volunteer volunteer doesn't seem to be the right word because we're we very much enjoy it and you know for me personally like i couldn't walk away it's, it's got my name on it <laughs> so, um we we so that's where i work and we'll have the wine and beer and food that would normally be available at the event available at the restaurant okay. in the days um, and day of the event. So you can order, you know, you can purchase your ticket and then come get the food and, you know, load up the video on that night and get the food going, pour yourself a glass of wine and sip uh -huh. and enjoy. <laughs> Maybe we'll call it that this year, sip and enjoy. Yeah. No, that, that sounds awesome. Um, do you know uh, who built the Tacoma Mountaineers Club? I do not personally know. Merit construction. I was going to say, it sounds like this might be leading somewhere, though. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, it was such a great project, and we absolutely love uh, Jeff Lawrence over there. He was actually on uh, the podcast uh, last month. So the Mountaineers Club was just such a fun, unique um, building. It's a beautiful building, yeah. all made a lot of recycled stuff. So it was, yeah. it's, it's just cool that I look forward to being able to go in the future when it's actually there. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Um, so that's a funny coincidence, and I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, I just I just kind of smiled when you said that. I was like, of course it is. Of course yep. that's where you have it. So I I would like to ask you guys. I think this is a one our maybe our last question, but something that's super important. What do you hope for the future of the foundation? You can you can take it out, you know, three to five years, or you can take it out as far as you like. Um, you know, I just want to see hear some vision casting. Sure. Um, I I mean, the first thing that comes to mind to me is is obviously further expansion, just building our partnerships and and just getting to you know getting associated with organizations like you guys like just really gives us a lot more capacity. So now we know if we need some kind of construction project, we know who to who to who to call for that. We have a connection with mattress ranch whenever we need a, a, a mattress for a room makeover that we're doing through the yep. hugs program we can call them and they'll cover that cost for us which means that we have more money you know within that thousand dollar or so budget to buy the fun stuff because the mattress can can hack into a pretty you know big chunk of oh, that yeah, room makeover. so if we can have that covered now that means that we get to do fun paint and you know hanging chairs or you know other furniture pieces different things like that so definitely expanding our our network of partnerships is a very important element uh, of what we're trying to do we we do all we can to keep it all local so, so you know in the past before meeting you guys for construction projects we've just kind of had had individual people that have volunteered their time you know that are you know we need uh, uh we needed a a dog runner on the side of somebody's house so we you know we're able to get that built by somebody and you know just, so just really expanding our network of partnerships i think is really good so um, you can always contact us through the website or, or through email and just let us know what you have available and and what you know you'd be willing to to offer up uh, From a I think, skill set perspective. yeah exactly i i would say you know following along with the the Facebook or Instagram page is a good way to know what we're looking for. We'll often put out and ask through those um, social media channels uh, for specific needs. If it's not something that we know we can come up with easily, we'll kind of put it out there to our our base of, of followers and see if anybody knows somebody who knows somebody. You know, because yeah. it's it's a really it's a tight knit community around here in the Tacoma, you know, University Place Lakewood area. A lot of people know a lot of people. So just, you know, kind of expanding that network as well as, you know, as we grow, something that's really important for all of us is to really maintain that that personal element. So when we do these hugs program, obviously not over this last year, but typically we're the ones that do a lot of the delivering of these of these gifts and we try to build a relationship with the families and and kind of add that personal touch so that they know that they have somebody else in their corner they're not in this fight alone that they have somebody they can reach out to if they need something and we don't want to ever lose that it's important to us that as we grow we you know we want to grow the hugs program potentially to other hospitals but we don't want to lose that personal element so it's kind of finding that balance between you know rapid growth without losing some of that that personal element because that's a very important thing to us it's it's not just the 
the money and throwing you know money towards research projects and doing all these different hugs it's also about building these relationships with the families and uh, just you know opening opportunities so that when we see them at other things down the road we partner with mary bridge on on most of their events for the um, hematology oncology clinic so they do like a water blaster party in august which they didn't do this last year which really bummed me out because it's just a big water fight between the patients and the staff members That's and awesome. we kind of like weaseled our way in in a sense <laughs> in that we we become involved in that um to where it was just you know a barbecue with a water fight and we have added you know an arts and crafts element we had a dunk tank that i got in um this last year that i was kind of fun but then dr Irwin, one of the oncology oh, doctors yeah. there got in and all of a sudden the line is super long because everybody wants to dunk the dock uh, <laughs> so it's you know we we show up at all these events so we want to you know not just be a stranger at those things so we we always want to be involved you know like i mentioned none of us ever expect to collect any money from any of this so as we grow it's important for us to just be able to maintain that connection but i would say the the biggest thing that that people could do to help us out is just share the word follow us and and tell your friends to you know friends and family to follow us on the social media things because you never know when you have something sitting in your garage that we could use for a, oh, yeah. a family so yeah and i think that's um it's like what you said earlier you know it is a, a community and it's a community of people that really do want to help and i have no doubt that if there's anything that we can do that we can bring our subcontractors in as well um you know they're happy to do that stuff just like I was saying earlier, people are looking for ways to help and they're going to be excited about that. So I'm just thrilled that we got to meet you guys, that we got to hear about um, the program. I think your sister sounds like she was, and cousin, sounds like she was an amazing woman. And, um, you know, I think it's so great that you guys are carrying on um, and, and making it into something that's really relevant and impactful today. You're able to um, share with these families and you're not a person that um, is just sort of being empathetic to them. You're like, listen, I've lived what you're living through. I've been where you are. I've, I've walked in that uh, and I've, I've had that pain. So I think that's a huge um, thing that you bring to the table for those families that a lot of people can't do Um and it's something that they need. They need to have people that understand them, that understand what they're going through. And I love how you guys, you know, the mission is to simply in increase the quality of life, find a way to make this hard thing better. And I love that. We're so happy to be able to have been any part of it. And we can't wait to do things together with you guys in the future. I just recommend um, everybody reach out to these guys, follow them on uh, Facebook, Instagram, find out what's happening there and find out how you can help. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank you. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you so much.